This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Stacey West Podcast. I'm Ben and Gary's with me. Oh, sorry, Captain Caveman is with me. The Neanderthal. How are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Are you all right? Yeah, yeah, not too bad. I thought I was quite interesting that uh, a Rotherham fan uh, had taken the time to listen to the podcast and call me a Neanderthal, but he then hadn't taken the time to learn your name. And your name's the first yes. thing that comes up on the podcast. Yes, I am the other guy, which yeah. is uh, fair enough. If you want to put me in a film with Will Ferrell and The Rock, that will be perfectly fine by me. Ooh, I was just going to use a- that reference as well. Oh, wow. I was going to say, I wonder how many people would get that reference, yeah. but... Uh, I'll take that. Um, so yeah, it's uh, we, we did say we'd try and get uh, get on a pod for Sunday to look ahead to last night's game. Um, I kind of wish we did because um, we were coming back from from Gloucestershire a bit later than we planned, so we didn't get a chance to. And it was also Storm Kiara Kiara Ciara, however you, you pronounce Storm it. Kian. Storm Kian. Storm Kian. Yeah, um, which was yeah a bit of a bit of a pain but you know there's a gag there um because it did a lot of damage out the back of my house there's a, a kian playing out the back i don't know there's a gag there that i'm not quite working out at the minute <laughs> yeah just don't try and work out your stand-up routine on a podcast live yeah. gary it's uh, stand-up routine be wow <laughs> nobody got my instagram um, so posts I mean, today I, I just very quickly i did an instagram post today talking about um the with call zoo that we had got uh, chickens and a fish pond and wild birds and a fish tank and a dog and then I put it's a shih tzu and I don't think anybody actually got it I think they were just basically thinking that I was telling them that my dog was a shih tzu yeah I, the old the, the version of that joke that I know about is uh, where it's um, I've, I'm just about to start a zoo but it's only got one animal yeah. it's got a dog it's a shih tzu yeah, yeah. that's why I, I, th- I thought it was quite clever but it, it doesn't get across as well when you write it no. <laughs> Although I did see somebody advertising Shih Tzu dogs on Facebook the other day and they'd actually put it shit and sue as in like shit Tzu dogs. And I thought that was hilarious. Selling oh, dogs. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. So I mean let's 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 give a little bit of a little bit of service to, to Friday. I think it was um it's worthy of comment because I think it was a 
a positive performance that uh, really it, it deserved more than we got out of it on Friday. I think we were we were unlucky not to not to score. I think possibly one of the best moves that I've seen from from a Lincoln City side in a very very long time resulted in uh, Harry Anderson putting the ball over. But the way that that move was put together and the, the little passes was really that sort of beacon of this is what we're aiming to achieve. And I think if we can uh, if we can keep that up, then yeah, absolutely. Um, we'll, we'll be all right going forward. And, you know, it's going to take time, but we'll get there. Um, is there anything you want to draw attention to from Friday or should we, should we get to the brass tacks of last night? Yeah, well, we played well, we didn't win. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. And I think ultimately the opposite was pretty much true last night. Um, I don't think I don't think we played particularly poorly for the full 90 minutes um, against MK Dons. Um, I think the opening, the opening 15, 20 minutes was, oh, it was tough to watch. Um, obviously MK came out at the gate, scored within three minutes and... Uh, Reese Healy decided it would be a great idea to run up to uh, to the front of the co-op stand and goad everybody as if we'd been giving him stick for the previous eighty-five. But sounds like you've read my blog. <laughs> well, that was my first thought, and I, I tweeted at the time. I said, you know, it's it, it that will definitely not come back to bite you on the arse at all. Definitely not, because it's just ridiculous. Why, why do that? You know, why start goading the fans when we've not got any history with him, as far as I'm aware? He's, you know, it's a decent goal. Go celebrate with your 200 fans that have travelled, you dickhead. But, ah, oh dear. I mean, it was a, let's be fair, it was a, it was a decent free kick. Um, I think you said... Great brilliant was, free kick. Yeah, that's like on first, on first look, you think maybe Josh could have got to it, but it, it was a really, really sweet strike. Um, I don't think we could have done anything to stop it. Um, and, you know, for the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought MK Don's made us look worse than bang average. Um, and it was only really when Bridcut got a fantastic goal himself that we started to wake up a little bit and say, oh, okay, cool. Let's, um, you know, let's let's get this sorted. Um, and then I think going into half time, I personally thought if we came out and played like that second half, we'd walk all over him. But we should have been 3-1 up at half time. We weren't. And the game kind of fizzled out. No, you know, in no small part, thanks to the referee. And I don't like whinging about referees, but he was crap. Was yeah, he? not bad. <laughs> he is when the opposition team are tweeting that they don't know why one of your players have been booked. And I know they're saying persistent infringement, but I'm, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't think persistent infringement was a bookable offence. I didn't realise it was a cumulative um, thing. I, I suppose I'm wrong. I suppose yes, it is. Thing. Yeah, it's like if you if you repeatedly make fouls, then they can book you for it. But then, you know, it wasn't consistent refereeing. It might have been persistent of fouling, but the instants weren't all in place because, you know, he was booking our players for challenges that their players shouldn't have been, that their players were then getting away with. Mm. Um, I mean, he stopped play for an injury that wasn't a head injury when we were on the attack. Mm. Why has he done that? Why has he stopped play? Mm. He stopped play for head injuries. That's That's the way that it's meant to be. It wasn't a serious injury. The guy wasn't screaming out loud. I mean, it was, it was, poor but that's not why we lost the game I think you say there that NK Don's made us look average first 20 minutes mm, um, yeah. the game made us look average because of the way it panned out I think had they not scored their opening goal 
um, when they did, which was a bit of a gift. Whether it was a foul or not is is up for debate. I have, I didn't think it was at the time. I haven't seen the replay. Um, great free kick, and then that that sets the, the the tone for the next twenty minutes because our fans, bar the six one seven, our section of our fans were quite quiet. Um, and some of our players shrank a little bit, and it's not even the younger players. I don't think necessarily um, thought we struggled to get hold of the ball. It was like when you play that knobhead on FIFA who scores the early goal and then just plays it around the back for the next 25 minutes while the time whittles away and you're just finger on the run button chasing him. You know, you don't get anywhere. Um, and then as the first half went on, I thought, you know, I think Liam Brid got kind of helped pull us through. Joe Morrell was having a decent game. George Grant wasn't having a terrible game. And, you know, we got we got a lucky... Well, we didn't get a lucky break. I mean, the pass for Bridcut's goal... You know, if you watch it, nice pass through, little dummy step over, stop. I don't know, you know, whether Bridcott shouted and then bash, mm. one all, and then from there we dominated. And you know, the fact is, when you when you up a gear, the good teams go in three one up. We go in three one up. We win four five one because they weren't that great. I'll be honest, they weren't. And people complain about us playing out from the back. They were doing it, and they weren't doing it particularly well. And I've seen people today saying, "Oh, well, they give us a lesson in how to play out from the back." No, they gave us a lesson in how to close teams down who play out from the back. Um, the one thing they did do was was utilise the central midfielder much, much better. Mm-hmm. So rather than just going centre-back, centre-back, keeper, back, keeper, centre-back, hoof, you know, they were pinging 60-yard balls straight through the middle that was dissecting our entire team. It was going through as like a you know, hot knife through a butter kind of thing. Mm. Um, but I didn't think they were that... They, I didn't think they were that good. I thought they got their goal and they were happy. I thought when we scored, they rode their luck. You know, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll come on to the two misses in a second. Um, but then we came out for the second half. You know, at half time, I, we were saying, me and the people around me were basically saying, what a game. You know, it's been a great game for the neutral. Um, mm. Great start from MK Dons. We've come back into it. Yeah, excellent game of football. And had we seen the same again in the second half and the scores had remained one all, I don't think people would have been complaining. But the second half, first 15 minutes, we were acceptable, weren't as bad as the first 20, weren't as good as the, the, the second 25. Um, and then we started making the changes and it just all went apart. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like a like a house built on jelly foundations. It just collapsed. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the biggest problem um, that I started to, well, that I thought, sort of felt was when when Joe Morrell went off, um, it he didn't look like he was himself. And then that was obviously confirmed by Michael's post-match interview where he said look he couldn't make a tackle like he couldn't he felt like he couldn't make a tackle because of the way that the club were being like uh, if, sorry the way that the referee was being um he was just being like he said he would he said that uh, the referee was being colorful with the the way that he was talking to the players which is a that's a phrase that confused me a little bit like is he saying that the ref was swearing at the players or was he just being short with them or I, I didn't understand, you know, that was one of those comments where you just think, oh, okay, bit of an odd one. But yeah, I mean, like, you know, saying to Joe Morrell, you've got one left and you're off when he's been booked on 25 minutes. How, you know, how are you supposed to play a game of football like that? You're a, you're a central midfielder, you know, you're going to be getting stuck into tackles. You're going to be getting up against players. And of course, when MK Dons were going down as frequently as they were doing, you're going to invite yourself into a booking if you get into a challenge that would normally just see a free kick, if that. Um, 
So, yeah, Joe Morrell came I don't, off. I don't, I... Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, you know, Joe Morrell came off and um, Coventry came on who... Did he? Did Coventry come on for Morrell? Or did he come on a bit later? No, on? he did. He... No, no, you're right. Oh, yeah, it was a, it was a joke. No. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, there we go. Um, well, yeah, I was going to say, like, he was he was largely anonymous for, for a lot of it. And when he did get involved, it was a misplaced pass or an overhit pass or didn't really know where he was. And it, it was... Ugh. I don't know. He screwed. It. He did get on the end of an effort, but he put it wide, which could have could have got us the game. Um, mm. But it, you know, it it wasn't as bad a miss as some in the first half, but it wasn't as good a chance at the same time. No. So, yeah, it's cruel. I know. I was kind of saying that about Connor Carpentry is cruel, but at the minute, you know, he's he's one of several young players, or two at least, young players who we have on loan. I don't think doing a job that's any better than players that we've got of our own would do. Mm. Yeah, I think, okay, Teo Edom was at left-back, but you know, I'd rather have seen Max Melbourne come on and Teo move into the centre of midfield mm. because there are players. I would rather, you know, when Tyrese, when he's not really getting the rubber to green, I would rather perhaps when Tom Hopper comes on, it's Tyrese and, and Jake Hesketh for, for Jack Payne. You know, Jack mm. Payne's contracted with his next season and... At the minute, we're not getting anything out of him for the money that we're putting in. And you know, Hesketh didn't have a bad game in spells last night, but then at other times, you know, I don't know whether we're, this is how confused I was. I don't know whether we played four four two or four four one one last night. I couldn't tell because mm. Jake Hesketh sometimes he was up alongside Tyrese, and then there was this huge gap. And um, I spotted times where you know people, would, one of their lads, would pick up the ball and would run in a straight line. And it wasn't just Hesketh, but he was one of the main offenders, would be stood 10 yards away and would watch as the player went past. And I just didn't, whether that's the tactic, I don't know, but I just didn't feel like there was any urgency. You know, when they were playing out from the back, we, we could have panicked them because that's how we got one of our chances is they were trying to play out and we, we hunted them down. But there was times when they were playing out and, and our forward players were kind of looking at each other going, well, are you going to chase him down? Yeah. I chase him down. Yeah, and Tyrese, they didn't hunt in packs. Tyrese would chase it down, but there'd be players either side and nobody was dropping on them. And that's as much the fault of Harry and George Grant as, as it is Jake Hesketh. But, you know, Hesketh's got to take one of those positions and the winger's got to take the other. And it, you know, don't feel that happened. Yeah, it, it, it was frustrating to watch because I, I, I said at the time that, you know, MK Dons look as... Um, uh, I want to choose my words carefully on this one, but they they looked as uh, as worried as us when you know when they were playing it out, um, and they were a team that uh, they weren't. I don't think they were good enough to play the style of football that they wanted to play last night. Um, and you know, don't get me wrong, we weren't either for uh, for chunks of the game. Um, and I think that was where we sort of cancelled each other out on that. But then. At the same time, MK were putting that pressure on us when we when we were trying to do it, and it, it's it's what I said um, about the after the Blackpool game, where you know we were we were able to play that style of football against Blackpool because they weren't coming out and they weren't putting a striker on uh, putting yeah they they weren't putting a striker on the defenders. You know they weren't harrowing us for the ball. You know it was it was really difficult um, for them to. To, to deal with the way that we were playing on, on that day. And I just think it, it it's bringing me on to something that I'm 
I'm a little bit reluctant to talk about, which is the um, like the crowd reactions and and some of the stuff that happened. And I just think that the, the way that some of the people were reacting last night, and it it sounds like it was a minority, but obviously, you know, where where I was sat, it was very very loud. But when you get people that are, I you know, sarcastically cheering that your keepers played it out and you know punted it down the field rather than tried to play it out the back. At that point, I just think, what, you know, why are you here? What, what good does that do? You're supposed to sit there and support your team, not criticize somebody. And I said on social media last night, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be fair if I, you know, stood behind you and looked over your computer screen and went, Oh, you should have put a comma there. Boo, 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 or a semicolon that boo, it's rubbish. Like, you can't you can't do your job when you're under that and i you know i appreciate there's you know seven and a half thousand people in there last night that want to see want to see lincoln city win but so does so do the players so does michael appleton it's like that the way that he's getting them to play at the moment is in my opinion and and somebody pointed this out last night i think it's probably a calculated risk in that He's looking at the games we've got left, and he's saying, "Right, well, we can definitely make sure that we're, you know, we're still in the league, you know, in the same league next season. Are we going to try and am I going to try and impress this style of football on the players, and and you know, get them used to it to the point where I can bring in players that would be more comfortable doing it, or you know, what, what's what's the plan?" And it just it really really pissed me off last night because I just thought, "What's you know, what's the point in spending?" 20 quid on a ticket and then coming in and just sitting there and booing your own football team. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. But hmm. I, mean, I don't know if you want to pick up on any of that and no, <laughs> just leave me, just leave me floundering. It's treading water. Yep. Not going to, not commenting on that at all. I think I will comment on the style of football. I think, um, it's all right saying we don't have the players to play that style of football, but in actual fact, if you look back to when he who should not be named was in charge, um, we were playing football across the back, mm-hmm. and that was how it was happening. And it was, you know, we, we were told we were playing too many sideways passes, but the players were playing the passes then. Um, I think part of the problem is that the players that are further forward are now not offering as much in terms of options. I think we showed how you could play out from the back with a central midfielder dropping in, which Bridcut was doing to a degree. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's easy. A lot of people around me, oh, don't give it to Kinshackle. Yeah. But if he's been told to play that and he gets the ball at his feet, he's, you know, he's not a great passer of a football. Um, but yeah, I just, we've talked about kind of division and um, disenchantment with, with what's going on. And I think a lot of fans, good fans, um, don't feel the connection. And I think it's still that kind of, that split from the last three years. But it was inevitable, whether Michael Appleton was in charge, Danny Cowley was in charge, Gareth Ains, with anybody at all. You know, unless you're winning football matches every week, somebody's going to moan. It happened last year. We won the league. We finished top. People yeah. were moaning. I remember the year before having, I was watching a gig actually in London and I'd, um, I was doing my article. I'd listened to the game in a hostel in Elephant and Castle against Morecambe. We drew and drawn nil nil. 
I remember people on that then saying, you know, we're not going to make the playoffs. We're not going to do this. We're not going to do that. We've won the check trade. It's rubbish. Why, why would we win the check trade? Or why have we got to the check trade final? Blah, 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 blah. And so it's inevitable. What really concerns me, and I, I put it in my blog, is that, you know, we pride ourselves on being this fan base that takes great numbers away, took 5,000 to MK, you know, imps on tour, we're brilliant. And then we can't get behind the club when things aren't quite going well. Mm. And people are saying, oh, well, we're taking steps backwards. Five games. You don't take a step backwards over five games. You stay, take a step backward over a season or over two seasons. Yeah. And I'll, I'll accept we've taken a step backwards when we've finished 14th in League One one year and 20th in League One the next year. Mm. I won't accept we've taken a step backwards when we've finished top of the League Two, come into League One, lost our manager, had our top scorer taken away from us in the January transfer window, had 13 players due to have their contracts expire in the summer, at least 60% of which were probably reaching an age where this was their last chance at League One football anyway. Um, yeah, any, I genuinely still think anything above third from bottom is a result. And I think mm. I, 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 I get angry. I, I, I like winning football matches. You know, and I, Last year, I hated watching Lincoln at times because I knew how desperately bad we needed to win football games. And I said I didn't enjoy watching football last year. Not really. I enjoyed it when we won. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it when we scored, but I didn't enjoy watching games where it was nil-nil and you knew bloody hell we had to win one-nil and you were looking at your phone and, you know, these team are winning and that team are winning. To a degree, I'm actually enjoying the football more this year because I don't feel a pressure. I don't feel the Lincoln City will go down. And they those words may come back to haunt me, but at the moment, you know, with the points gap we've got from Tranmere, I think Wimbledon last year had 10 points in January there were 10 points adrift and they stayed up by two points. Now, if that's how the league's going to go, we're 15 points clear of Tranmere. So it would have to be, you know, a collapse of huge proportions for us mm. not to make, uh, not to have League One football next season. And I think, yeah, I don't, so I don't feel the pressure. And okay, I wasn't happy we didn't win last night's game, but I probably felt that we weren't the better side over 90 minutes, but we weren't the worst side. I don't think there was a lot in it. People who were saying that there was a lot in last night's game are the people that want us, want to have that criticism. Mm. And, there's, you know, there's a lot of good people who are, who are criticising and people are entitled to their opinion. I'm not having a go because, you know, this isn't a case of people muttering about plastics or anything like that. That's all gone, I think, now. You know, opinion's opinion. Um, but I just, I, I don't feel comfortable with it. But... Mm. What upsets me isn't it's the fan reaction. I'm not commenting on, on as I say on the ground. I'm not starting to fan shame or whatever. But you know, just to see those divisions opening up, for me that that begins to run all the way down the football club. And Chris Ray's cartoon this afternoon really summed it up, I think. And yeah, you know, if you were to watch last night's game back, God forbid, you know, it wasn't as bad as Southend away. Mm. Um, I thought it's confidence. Football's all these little things. And people say about, well, conceding too many goals, buying out from the back. We're still 14th in the division. You know, we've, okay, we lost four games and drawn one and it's not brilliant, but you know, it's, if there's ever a time to be consolidating, this is it. And I think the be my biggest concern, and I've already mentioned it tonight on the pod, is playing lone players when we could be playing our own players. You know, if the lone players are not adding, significant value play our own players you know get get an, an extra naught on well not an extra naught maybe but an extra three or four grand on jack payne's potential transfer fee get you know give lee frecklington and i'm not i know he's a very divisive player but give him 
20 minutes at the end of a game instead of Connor Coventry. Mm. Um, that That's my issue is if this is transition, which it is, and if we are building for the future, it's all about next season, which it is, mm-hmm. using lone players that ain't going to be here isn't the way forward for me. Yeah, and I, I um, think when when Michael's turned around and said in the press, you know, we want to make sure that next year we've, we, we can rely on our own players rather than, you know, use the loan market. I think what you've said there is spot on and, you, you know, we need to start doing that um, now rather than, you know, waiting for waiting for next season and... I think if you've, yes, we've got the lone players in, but like you say, if they're not doing it, if they're not doing the job for us at the moment, then yeah, we've we've got players on the bench that want to play. So Yeah. Oh, look, let's be honest, right? I, I don't call players out because I don't call footballers bad footballers because, you know, nine times out of 10, they're not, they're in professional football. Um, being brutally honest, at this moment in time, I've seen nothing from Connor Coventry that we wouldn't see from Ellis Chapman. Mm-hmm. Ellis has performed much better in Lincolnshire than Connor has. With Jake Heskert, you see the odd flash, and I know people like him because he runs around a lot, which is what Jake Sheridan used to do, and and he was crap. Um, But he was a professional footballer, so he wasn't crap, but he was in the context of the rest of the team. You you play Jack Payne, he does a similar job. Anthony Scully's everyone's favourite because he's come on and run around a lot with the ball at his feet. I think he could be a big player for us, but... You know, fans are clamouring for him to be put in. You put him in, he has two bad games and they're clamouring for him to be out. It's like Aaron Lewis. Everyone clamours for Aaron Lewis to come in on the back of one game against Everton. And I think Neil Erdley is... I don't think there's any reason to drop Neil Erdley, if I'm brutally honest. No. Um, but, you you know, Hesketh at the minute, not doing it. Um, Connor Coventry at the minute, not doing it. Harry Anderson at the minute. Where's his pace gone? Couldn't beat a man last night for pace. Kept cutting back in all the time. But not some, some poor decisions, I thought. Mm. Um, but again, you know he's not a bad footballer. This is this is a team that lacks confidence. Tom Hopper, so far, I genuinely have seen nothing from Tom Hopper that I couldn't do. Uh, when the ball comes forward, he's goal side of his man. He's losing his headers. You know, every touch is he, like he's got the first touch of you know, I don't know, a, a car ploughing into a street full of pedestrians. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's you don't know what's going to go where. He sticks his foot in, and it's, it's stuff going everywhere. But he's not a bad footballer. Because we don't pay £150,000 or whatever it was paid for bad footballers. It's just more of the John Akindi, isn't it? John Akindi wasn't a bad footballer. I think the only thing I would say is that Tom's kind of been down south and he's moved back up here and you would expect him to settle quickly and he hasn't. And John's unhappy up here, moved down south, you expect him to settle quickly and he has. Um, but again, you know, it's, these are not bad footballers, but it's just we're four games or three or four games in to a, a brand new squad and people say oh stuff's to changed too quickly over the, the winter window but if it hadn't changed quickly we'd be losing money for next season mm. and I don't like that saying calculated gamble because I remember Steph Wright saying it when Chris Sutton came in and that was you know that was a bad calculated gamble he must have used a calculator that ran on solar power at night um, <laughs> to make a gamble like that um, but yeah I don't think this is as much a calculated gamble as a, a forced hand mm. And that genuinely, I think it's a forced hand. I think Michael is seeing some of his players who have come in are taking longer to settle. Zach Elbazedi is another one who came in, you know, but we, we can't judge these players on two or three games. You know, the quality players are the ones that come in and settle straight away, like Liam Bridcott, but he's going to because he's moved for millions of pounds in his in his career. Mm. And for me now it's there's a lot of senior players that are letting this side down as well. And there's some senior players who were with this side 
before Michael arrived that are letting them down just as much as the new faces. But I think there's actually a desire from some people not to like Michael Appleton. Oh, yeah, I heard 100%. it behind me last. I I heard it behind me last night. You know, oh, I don't like this new manager. He never does any of the community stuff. Um, and I'm thinking, well, he does, but you don't see it all the time. He's been in schools and stuff, and I turn yeah. around. And, I mean, I, I like the guys sat behind me. You know, I'm not criticising them at all, but I kind of said, you know, he does do that sort of stuff. I don't give a shit if Michael Appleton sits in a darkened room for every single second he is away from the football club, as long as long-term we win football matches. Mm. And the big key is being in this division next season. And I just hope that with the next few fixtures that we've got, you know, the Accringtons, the Gillinghams, stuff like that, I hope that they're fixtures that we can go and get some points from. But... Looking at the fixture list, in actual fact, it was the tougher runs that we got the points from. And it, it actually feels like we could be recording this podcast in September. Yeah. That we've gone into a run of games that we should be winning and we're not getting points from. Yeah. But every game, you know, people saying we need four wins. But every game where we get a point that Tranmere don't or we get we match Tranmere's result, that cuts that down a little bit. Yeah. So let's not look at it as three wins and we're safe. Let's look at it as nine draws and we're safe. Mm. Nine games like last night and we'll probably be in this division. So sod it. Let's have that. And also, did you know that the 409 escalators in the London Tube cover a distance every week, which is equivalent to several trips around the world? <laughs> I wondered when we were going to get a fact. I wondered when we were going to get a random fact. Oh, dear. But no, it's it's... It is frustrating, and you know, there's there's no doubt there's no doubt about it. And you know, I was I was effing and jeffing at points last night when, you know, the ball gets knocked around the back, and Keen looks like he's gonna you know go on a run, but unfortunately, he's not he's not got the skill to do that. He's when he, he's not the style of player that is able to get the ball, take a touch, and then you know sprint down the line and and, and make something of it. That's not the kind of player that he is, but. He's he's kind of it's. I mean, Jack Mulhall said it on Twitter. He said it's a square peg in a round hole situation with some of these players, and it is. But that's the best that we've got for this season. Like, uh, well, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to let you finish, and then I'm going to disagree to a degree. Okay. I mean, it's it it's we've you've said it before. Kian Bolger and Jason Shackle are not what you would call footballers. Like they are good defenders but then when it comes to playing the ball out and you know finding the pass finding the man they are not the first you know they're not the first players that you put in a football a footballing side if you know if, if that makes sense and I know it should do because I think you were the one that said it before but when you've got that when you've got you've got the style that you want to impress on people it's like right okay do we play like this for the end of the season make sure that we're safe or do I you know, forgo a lot of my principles and forgo what I want to do just so that the fans get off my back. And I think as, again, Jack said on Twitter, as soon as the fans start dictating the style of play, you're in trouble because if you give into it, then, you know, you might as well not have a manager. But ultimately, it, it was just a frustrating night. And it's a, you know, it's a frustrating few nights on the trot. We've had some bad results, but at the end of it, look at where we are. We are the highest rated, you know, we're the highest placed team that's come up from League Two. So, in my opinion, where's the problem? As long as we don't go down this season, that is, you can go back to the, the first podcast of this season when we both said, as long as we finish out at the bottom three, I don't give a shit what happens. But 
I don't think you I know. swore. I think that was you. Well, um, that's probably so. <laughs> all, all I would say was saying square pegs in round holes and, and Bolger and Shackle are getting a lot of the stick. And, you know, even I said Bolger looks like someone's dad playing with his kids wanting to dictate the play. A bit of the, you know, and he, he does, but that's the style of football. But for me, if you're playing out from the back, you're playing out from the back. You're not playing it to a centre-back to hoof it forward for it to come straight back. And so part of the issue, although the centre-back's taking a stick, Keane shouldn't have to go on that run. MK Dons mm. central defenders didn't have to go on that run. They got the ball and they had options to them play further forward. Playing out from the back isn't just giving it to your centre-backs and letting them hoof it forward. So is the part of the – as much of the problem is the full-back's not offering wide enough. The winger's not coming tight enough down the line to take the ball from the fullbacks. And, you know, it's easy to blame the guy with the ball. And Kean takes a, a lot of stick. Um, and I find that a shame because I actually think that, you know, he was one of the two central defenders that was actually winning their headers last night. Mm. And I'm not convinced that, that Jason Shackle is um, League One quality anymore. That's maybe harsh. You know, I know some people would say that he's probably our best central defender, but. For me, when Michael Boswick comes back, I, I would be looking at Bozzy and Kean because in terms of contracts for next season, Jason is a player that probably won't be with us and, and Bozzy hopefully is a player that he will offer a new contract to. Mm. Um, but we shall have to see. But, you know, I, I just... I think when you're playing out from the back, there's a responsibility on the rest of the team. And I think at times, you know, we talk about strikers being isolated. When Kean gets the ball, I think he's left isolated. Mm. You know, we're looking for runners that aren't there or we're looking for space that is not there. And whether that's because other teams have fathomed us out quickly and gone, actually, I know how we can cut this out. I don't know. But um, criticism is easy, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. It's what we do as football fans. Unfortunately, it's when it, when it gets my backup is when you... You know, the criticism spills out into booze. And I know I said it in the last game of last season, we were being presented with the League Two trophy and people were booing the team off at half time. Some people, I think, just need to get a grip. But anyway, right. Let's put MK to bed because it's half an hour in and I'm starting to have my blood boil a little bit. So let's do that by uh, introducing Jake's fan cams. Absolutely. Thank you for oh, the uh, thank you for that because I would have forgotten otherwise. I know you would. So we've got some from Rotherham, I believe, um, which will just pick you up a little bit, and then we've got a collection from MK Dons as well, which will bring you back down to earth with it. Fourth defeat in a row. Yeah, but positive signs tonight. I thought um, nice to see somebody that can pass the ball in the middle of midfield. Bridcut thought was stunning. Probably the best player on the pitch. But just don't know where the goals are coming from. Matched them first half, but then, you know, playing out for the back, Shackle gives the ball away and all of a sudden one nil down. Yeah, got to realise that our two centre-halves aren't footballing centre-halves. They're, they're stoppers, that's the job and that's what they do. They, they can't play football. And we, had, we had chances, Tyrese had a couple that we all know a certain Nottingham Forest player would have put away... But, you know, overall, it was better than South End on Saturday, surely. A lot better, but like I said, where the, where's the goals coming from? Just can't see it with that front three. The positives, Bridcut, unbelievable. I thought he played unbelievably well today. Yeah, excellent. Morel, yet again, did a shift. Grant was busy, but probably not clinical enough. 
it looked like it was going to boil over that first half. Tempers were quite high, weren't they? Yeah, there was a few handbags, but I, I just think they were winding each other up. Um, referee, I thought, was poor. He, he could have stopped that early on. And on Rotherham, good side, or, or did they just get lucky tonight? No, I don't think there was any luck in it. Um, yeah, very good side, very big, very physical. Knew when to go down. Very professional side. Cheers, Ian. Thank you. Positive tonight. It was all right, wasn't it? It wasn't, it wasn't as bad as what we've had in recent weeks. No, not at all. First off, they were very good. Uh, second half, just um, messing about at the back. The need to get the ball <laughs> from the back, uh, like the olden days, if you like. This first first half, we more than matched them. We didn't really have any opportunities, and we sort of, you know, we didn't look out of place going against the league leaders. Not at all. No, the first half was very, very positive. Uh, so you've got to take the positives. You've got to look at the negatives, but take the positives. And the first half was very good. We made chances as well. That's another positive that that Tyrese just couldn't stick away today. No, not at all. Um, the game's about putting the ball in the back of the net, and if you don't score, you end up uh, getting a result like we did tonight, unfortunately. And the goal playing out from the back. I don't know how many times we have to say this, but poor. Very poor indeed, but uh, like you say, our two centre-halves are not football centre-halves. Uh, just stick to what they know. Don't try and do things that uh, just don't come natural to them. Play their natural game and then we'll be alright. And like I said to Ian, Brig Cup, best player on the pitch? Oh, most definitely, yeah. Very, very impressed. Uh, gave it away a couple of times near the end, but I think he was just getting a bit tired, that's all, because he was having to do everything for everybody else. Oh, well, Wilco, disappointing or, or yeah. what? Um, I didn't think we were very good. I didn't think they were very good. And the ref was the worst of all three. Bridcut's goal, though. Bridcut looks a player to me. Yeah. He gets about the pitch. Uh, he got us playing for 10, 15 minutes of the first half. Scored a really good goal. Very lively. Um, yeah, he looks like a good signing. And Anthony Scully as well. He looks a good player when he come on. Uh, I thought he should have been on from the start, personally. Yeah. I certainly thought he should have been on just after half-time. But, yeah, he looks lively as well. Um, disappointing. Disappointing. To MK or near the relegations, they should be looking to beat these sort of sides to stay up. Uh, for me, I didn't think we were very good tonight. I thought the ref ruined the game. I thought all they wanted to do was go and lay on the floor, and he allowed them to boss it. And then in the end, they controlled it, and we weren't quite good enough to turn them over. Good lad. Cheers, Lockley. Oh, Chris, sum that up. Uh, terrible 20, 25 minutes early on, and then just sort of about average, really. Should have been three one up at half time, should we? Should have been, but we weren't. And uh, confidence in front of goal seems to have gone although fantastic strike from Bridcut I can say Bridcut's goal unbelievable wasn't it yeah brilliant dug us out of a hole really because I couldn't see how we were getting one but we never looked like winning no never looked like winning to be fair I don't think we looked like losing either Um, I mean you know they came to really do a pretty unpleasant job of uh, falling over at every opportunity referee was terribly inconsistent again yeah, it is what it is, isn't it? At least we got a point there. We didn't get beat. Exactly. Right. And there we go. That is a selection of views from uh, from Rotherham and from MK. So, uh, right, let's look ahead to the weekend. And we've got Accrington, um, a team that, uh, well, I think the chairman's just been voted the, the best chairman in the league again for the second year running or how, however long it is. And they seem to be a club that, you know they they are the established team in leagues uh, in League One now. They're, they're getting to the point where you know they are a League One side. They will not necessarily be in uh, in a relegation scrap come the end of the season. So 
I think this is where we would probably want to be in in a year or two or a year's time. So uh, that is a bizarre thing to say, considering they're below us in the league. Well, no, I mean, I think in terms of in terms of like the club themselves, like they they seem to me to be the established League One club. And I think if you spoke to Accrington fans, they would probably be they they'd be happier than than our fans, if I'm honest. I think. Okay. But yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> thing is. Uh, no, I'm not going to. I'm too tired. I'm too tired to argue with you, Gary. I love you too well, much. I'm not, I'm not arguing. I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> arguing about the same. Accrington are below us in the league. They were in a. They plummeted last season towards a relegation scrap at the end of the season, and that they're, they're doing the same again. And I, in terms of established League One side, I disagree. In terms of happy fans, I agree because Accrington Stanley are probably a League Two side in, in terms of their. Um, crowds and, and their income so certainly you know that we're happy to that but they're not what we aspire to be because you know we're arguably a bigger club bigger fan base more money to spend you know nobody's going to be happy at this club if we're in the same position next season because no one's happy now when we're going backwards mm. um, so you know I, I, I take the point on board about Accrington Stanley being a good side to model yourself on in terms of the way that they operate their business mm, yeah it's, it's a very different football club you know they're, they're, they're not what we aspire to be yeah unless okay. we knock yeah, down one side of our ground put some scaffolding up pretend it's a stand <laughs> on the other side of the ground you know turn away three and a half thousand of our fans mm. um you know. <laughs> no, that's fair um okay so let's let's look ahead to the game i mean it's um <sighs> I don't know. Like, it's so hard at the minute to predict like how we're going to be as you know as a side. It's it, it the past few games, like we said, I, I didn't think we'd take anything from from Rotherham. We didn't, but we put in a good performance. I thought we were going to put a good performance in and you know take something from MK Dons, and we we were quite abject at times and didn't really you know play that well at all. Came away with a point, so. Yeah, what what are your thoughts on on Accrington as a side? I mean, it's it, it's just difficult to predict because their results are seemingly all over the place at the minute. Um, yeah, they're, they're a curious team actually, Accrington. And I'm going to talk about XG, and I know that once again it's going to rile people up, which I love. Um, but at home, Accrington's they're outperforming their XG. They they have one point eight and and um, a score in two point oh five a game. Their opponents are slightly exp- uh, slightly overachieving as well, 1.21 XG to 1.42 goals. So I think what you've got here is a team that um, they like to get forward, they like to attack, uh, they do score goals, but they equally leak goals at the same time. Um, overall, not just uh, at home, but overall, their XG is actually better um, than their opponents. 1.55 goals per game to uh, 1.22 uh, sorry, well, yeah, 1.55 xG to an opponent's 1.22. Uh, taking cup games into consideration, they score more goals than their opponents, 1.55 to 1.42. Um, so it's actually odd to find them, let's say, struggling. I mean, they've you know they've, they've won. Um, I think they've won more games than we have. Oh, well, sorry, no, they haven't. They've won nine games this season. Um, but it's you know, like you say, when they win. They win relatively well. 2-0 away at Shrewsbury. Fantastic result. Uh, went to Ipswich not so long back and were beat 4-1. Not such a good result. Lost 2-1 at home to Rochdale. Not a great result. Win 2-0 at home to Burton. That on the 29th and the 1st of January. You know, they hammered Portsmouth 4-1. 
they hammered Portsmouth uh, just before Christmas. Fantastic result. Hammered Bolton 7-1. Fantastic. And then they lost at home to Crewe in the FA Cup. They lost mm. at home 1-0 to Gillingham. They, you know, they're, they're one of these teams that you're never quite sure which one's going to show up. Now, they operate uh, usually a 4-2-3-1, although last night they operated a 4-4-1-1. So, again, it's it's pound for pound a similar setup to ours in, you know, four in, four in the, at the back, four in midfield, and then two up top, depending on, on exactly how they're going to play it. And when you run down their team, you know, if I were to mention all of their surnames to you, I would be surprised if you could tell me any of the first names. So, you know, we're not talking here about household names. We're not talking about players that you're going to know. Um, they signed uh, Robert Grant on loan from Wrexham uh, in the transfer window. Uh, they've got a lad called Jordan Clark plays for them. He's been at Shrewsbury, Hyde, Scunthorpe yeah, at the minute up top. Uh, Benny Ashley Seal actually scored against us for Wolves under-21s last year in the Checker Trade Trophy. They've just taken him on loan. Mark Hughes at the back. At the moment, Sean McConville, I think, is out injured. Um, the centre-forward's not playing, who I rate, who I didn't rate at the beginning of the season and who uh, looked pretty dangerous against us, which was uh, Colby Bishop. And they've got Lamine Sheriff and Zanzalar on the bench, who are both effective coming off the bench. But this is a team... Uh, and again, I'm, I'm going to say something which some people might say is stupid, but this is a real team. It's not individual players. There's mm. no players that I look at down this, this list now who I think, I'd like to have him at Lincoln. Um, but if they were to take something from us, if they were to beat us on Saturday, they would go above us in the league with two, two games in hand. And when you think how easily we turned them over on the first game of the season, that is testament to John Coleman. And how hard they are to beat, how they play for each other, that is something that we would aspire to. Their league position and their general standing and all that sort of stuff are in a very different different kind of stratosphere, hopefully. We certainly should be. Um, but, you know, I think they're everybody's second team, aren't they? I don't take as much on board about their chairman. I, I, Andy Holt is... Um, He's very fan friendly and he's, he's got plenty to say on Twitter and it's always, you know, voice of the people and that sort of thing. Uh, but as I understand it, he's also not the easiest to deal with when you go to EFL meetings and stuff like that. I think he's, um, he reminds me a little bit of a, of a, not so much a Jeremy Corbyn, but that kind of socialist MP that says all the right things in the press, but then has the more radical ideas behind the scenes. And you just know, you know, if he wasn't reeled in every so often, it would be uh, it'd be an absolute disaster for the rest of humanity. Um, but, you know, I'm not, that's not criticism, um, although it sounded very, very much like it. Um, but it's, uh, it's, it's easy, I think, to, to say the best chairman that, you know, I haven't seen the list. I know Clive was on it, but I would imagine the likes of Dara McAntony were up there and the Palioses at Tranmere were up there because they're the ones that stick themselves out there on Twitter. Um, you know, when a, when a chairman's talking like a fan uh, and, uh, and and we'll have more news on that shortly, um, but when a chairman's talking like a fan, it's, it's easier to, for them to be voted right up there. So now this is a game that... And I'm going to put myself right out on a limb here. This is a game I think that we could win, and that's odd coming off the back of four defeats with only uh, four defeats and a draw, and only two away wins all season. But something just something tells me that we're actually not that far away. You know, mm. we're talking about misses. We're not talking about failing to create chances. And you know, Tyrese 
could have had four in five, and he's got one in six, I think it is now. And yeah, I I have I have a sneaky suspicion that we're going to go win at Accrington this weekend. Okay, I mean you've you've been fairly fairly okay with your um, with your sneaking suspicions recently, so. Hmm. Yeah, because I did call last night as a draw, I think. I know we didn't do a podcast on it, but I think I did it online in my preview. You, um, called, you I, called the loss at South End as well? I called South End. I, I, I said it would be a tough game. I don't think I was as bold to say that we were going to get beat, but I'll take it if you're claiming that I did. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. No. So, yeah, I mean, it, it, look, we're getting to the point now where there's there's – there were never there were never going to be any easy games this season. It's a cliche thing to say, I know, but it's true. It's accurate. Like there was never going to be anything that was a sure thing. Um, but yeah, it, it all depends on on whether we show up. Um, as you know, as we've said previously, the away form we know at the moment isn't great. The confidence seems to be quite low. Um, Although saying that, I did listen to the Hope and Glory pod where you know uh, they, they interviewed Erds after the game, and he said that the, the confidence is quite high in the in the squad, and the you know the confidence is high in their ability. Um, yeah, he's not going to come out and say it's not, is it? I don't know. Like when you get Erds coming out and saying they're confident in their ability and everything else, you just think there's something that doesn't quite seem to be clicking at the moment. And we've said this previously. You know, we've said this when Michael came in and he took over the squad, and he said, you know it was going to take a little bit of time for things to click and then things did start to click. And then we lost, you know, seven borderline first team players in the transfer window. And, you know, a lot of them were first team players, but, you know, there was, there was seven people that left the club in, in January. Um, we brought in us. players. That's Sorry. All. There's only two that hurt us. Well, There's only two, two players. If two players that uh, left in the transfer window hadn't, we would now be talking, in my honest opinion, about three wins from five as a bare minimum. I think we would have mm. had Tyler Walker and Harry Toffolo not left the club. I think that we could, we would have at least drawn with Rotherham, if not mm-hmm. beaten them. We would definitely have won last night. We would definitely have won at South End. There's every chance we would have taken something from the Portsmouth game. And that's mm. my honest call. Last night, with Tyler Walker in the side, we win 3-1. Oh, but yeah. Tyler Walker's not our player. He started for Forest last night. It's, it's that simple. Um, yeah. You know, and, and it's easy to be critical. And I, I, I don't believe it when a player comes out and says, you know, our confidence is high. We've got a great set of lads. Because I remember, you know, Lincoln players saying that when we had the likes of Ben Tomlinson and Sean Newton in the dressing room. And the dressing room was a fractured place full of clicks and it was unsettled. They were coming out going, oh, we've never had such a good bunch of lads. Everyone says that all the time. Um, yeah. You know, I think at the moment the dressing room is still settling down and it comes back to that video that was on Twitter with, um, mm. you know, all the new players doing the robot. And I'm like, is this my team I'm watching? But you could see yeah. the characters emerging. Anthony Scully is a character who's going to emerge. Tayanedo mm. is a character who's going to emerge. I have a suspicion that Timothy Aoma might come on a season long loan next year. I think okay. to come in, but to not be anywhere near the first team, makes me wonder if he's coming in in order to settle and then I'll come on a season-long loan. And I think he's um, possibly possibly even the case with Connor Coventry. You know, it might be that they're looking to a season-long loan and they're having six months to settle in. I don't know. Um, 
but mm. the, the, the dressing room will settle down as long as we keep the bigger characters in there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I still think we'll be all right, but ask me the same question in five weeks. Yeah, I will do. I'll make a note. Um, right, so uh, that's Accrington. Um, I think really the... Um, the only couple of well, the only two bits that we need to do are sort of regular bits now. But before we do that, uh, we've got some quite exciting news for next week, haven't we? We have, and I'm going to hog this announcement. I was going to say, I'll let you do this one. <laughs> I'm not better about that, mate, honestly. Um, so uh, next week, whether we get two podcasts out or not, I don't know. I think um, we will. But there may, the, yeah, there, there may be a change to our regular schedule because on... Uh, and I'm, I'm going to now need some help. Tuesday night? Yep. On Tuesday night, uh, we will be recording a podcast with none other than Clive Nates, mm-hmm. who has very kindly agreed to give up his time to talk to us. Um, we'll be talking all things Lincoln City. Um, we'll be taking some questions with us. So please, if you do want to ask some questions, DM us. Don't stick them all over Twitter because otherwise you kind of might ruin it. Or should we now just put them on Twitter? Sod it. <laughs> Um, we won't ask them all. We're not going there to um, to upset Clive, but we, we're not going there to roll over either. You know, we'll, if, if we've got something that we need to ask him that's a bit pressing, we will do. Um, mm. But yeah, once again, the football club have been fantastic with opening us up, opening that up. Uh, I would hope that we get it out Wednesday night, but I don't know how that sits for you. Um, that shouldn't be a problem. Um, we are, you know, we'll we'll get it out as quickly as I possibly can. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's a great opportunity. Um, and again, thank you to, uh, thank you to, to Liam and to Clive for, for allowing this to, to happen. Um, and to Jen as well. Yes. Scheduled it for us. Absolutely. Yeah. Do, um, do you know what? I'm more nervous about this one than I was doing the live pod with Michael. Yeah. I know what you mean. It's really, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be, a. I think it's probably more because we've got, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's more of a business conversation. I think if you, some people are probably going to expect that and mm, I don't know. It's uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to it though. It's going to be a, it's going to be a fun one. So get your questions in, make sure they're, I say, make sure they're sensible. I mean, I'm not, no. I don't but put I anything don't, through to us. We're not, I think what you mean there is we're not going to ask him what his favorite flavor of crisps is. Uh, yes, that's, that's what that's, I was going to say. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to do that. I mean, you know, do get your questions in, and you know, if they, we're not here just to kind of ask the nice, sensible questions. I don't think we did of Michael when we went live with Michael. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, I, I think after the run of games, there may be some questions. You know, remember, Clive doesn't pick the team; um, he doesn't pick the tactics. And we're not. If we ask him, do you think we should be playing out from the back? He's not going to say no. He's not going to say anything that's going to come up again. You know, contrast the manager. But I think you know, for me, I'm interested in chatting about the longer term vision, the potential of the new stadium. Mm-hmm. I am interested in the direction the club's taking um, in terms of uh, transfers and the business model. Um, I'm interested in talking about the dynamic with the board. I'm interested in talking potentially about. Um, you know where where some of the some of the structural changes are working. I, I I don't know. We'll see. I haven't actually put any questions together yet, which I'm kind of hoping to get some inspiration from Twitter because it's uh, it's a bit daunting. This one, yeah, um, and that, that's what I mean. It's it's it, it's not the kind of typical 
player interview where you can say, oh, can you, you know, how do you think that today's gone? Or, you know, that those kinds of questions around uh, around day-to-day football, it's, it's more a behind-the-scenes look and it's obviously going to be a, you know, to say it's a great opportunity for us. So um, I'm really, really looking forward to that. So that should hopefully, as I say, be out on Wednesday and then we will try and get our regularly scheduled podcast out on either Thursday or Friday. Probably record Thursday for Friday, I think, if if anything. Yeah, so look forward to that and um, yeah, get some questions over to us and we'll, we'll we'll try and get as many answers as we can. I don't know how long we've got. Um, with with Clive, but it should be, you know, I'm sure he'll be uh, accommodating enough to uh, to get some interesting content out. So, yes, uh, once again, appreciate that. Um, right, anything else that we need to plug? Sorry, I'm just texting my missus. Will you just plug your bits while I text her back, and then I'll come in. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So uh, the, the main one from me is the 22nd, which is the day of the Gillingham game. I am going to be doing another 24-hour uh, marathon live stream uh, with with Next Gen Base, which is the gaming website that I run. Um, we've got a ton of video games and headsets and t-shirts and um, codes to buy t-shirts, like money off vouchers and all sorts uh, to give away. If you want to donate anything, um, if you head to my Twitter or I think in the link of the podcast um, or in the, the post for the podcast, we'll have the link to the uh, to the fundraising page. Anybody that chucks in over a fiver will be put into a, uh, the draw throughout the day. Um, we're we're going to be doing like so many because as it currently stands, we have 33 things to give away um, and we are expecting more this week. So um, there's going to be tons of stuff. Um, you're going to get loads of opportunities to win some cool things. It's mainly video games, but you know, video games are nice. Um, and uh, we also found out yesterday that we are going to be featured on the front page of Twitch at the start of our live stream, which is insane, really. Um, for those of you that don't know, Twitch is basically YouTube for live streaming. So if you imagine that you were going onto YouTube and seeing my face when you type in youtube.com. That's basically what's going to happen when people type in twitch.tv uh, on the 22nd between 9 and 10 a.m. I think is our slot. Um, we will be on the front page of Twitch. So the first thing that you see, which is mind blowing, really. Um, so yeah, I'm really happy for that. Can I, can um, I ask a question? Raise- yeah, go on. Can I ask a question? I'll finish texting for you now. Um, what the fuck's <laughs> Twitch? I just said it's it's YouTube, but for live streams. Right. Okay. Sorry, I missed that. I was just texting fees <laughs> out on a gin evening, and uh, she she normally rings me in between half five and six. But when we record, she has to text me. But she's just heading out. So um, yeah, I, I I heard the word things to give away, which is great. So uh, I'll, I'll be. I got a game last year, which um, I've never played. So, and thanks. To, I haven't. I haven't. It was a kids' game. Um, I think you got. Uh, I think Dean gave me. You, uh, you, you worked something out. With, yeah. I, I didn't work anything out. out. He gave me it. <laughs> gave me it for nothing. <laughs> the top bloke. So, um, um, but yeah. yeah, like basically, it's all it, it's to raise money to help uh, disabled people get back into games, which is That's great cause. Great cause. Uh, they do amazing work. Like they really, really do. Um, so yeah, give us some money and it will go straight to them, and they will help change people's lives. Basically, so that's me done. Wiping my hands of the plugs. Anything you need to do. Yep. Uh, in the 16th century, a London law forbade wife beating after 9pm, but only because it disturbed people's sleep. 
I'm nearly done on those now. Um, I don't really have anything to plug. Uh, I was just texting my partner about a potential summer house that we're looking to build that we can't afford. So if you're feeling generous, go on and buy some of my books. <laughs> Gary, Gary wants a pool room. Um, I'm, I'm getting Japanese there. a new speedboat. Yeah, well, the thing is, the base is getting quite pricey. I want it in place for a summer party that I have in July, which you're coming to. I am. Um, and I'd like to have my pool table and everything in by then. And at the minute, I've got a patch of grass and my dad who keeps scratching his chin going, looks like a big job, mate. And I'm thinking, Jesus, if you're doing it, what's someone going to do when I want a base building? So, um, <laughs> yeah. Get get by my books and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. Um, no, I, do you know what? I actually do want to say thank you. I want to say thank you to... The number of people who keep coming up uh, at, at, at games, and it isn't just for the podcast, it's a bit selfish, this, but it's also for the site, um, who come up and, and express their gratitude for um, for the work that I put in, which doesn't always seem like work to me because it's still a hobby. At one point last night in the stands, there was, there was a queue. Um, so a guy was talking to me, uh, someone who disagreed with some of my comments, but liked the the site and, and we were having a good chat about things and and he moved and then another guy came up and said i was just waiting to come and speak to you and he was someone that had written me an article in the past as well and do you know what i love it i love it and i know that i've got the patreon on the the blog for, for uh, that brings in some income and i, I understand that and i you know it, it's as much of an honor for me as as doing what i do as 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 anything but yeah, just that was fantastic. Um, I really, I really liked that. I got to spend some time with Malcolm Johnson last night as well, who um, writes all my history from ACDC. No, uh, from the Stacey West blog. Um, and uh, <laughs> he, yeah, I've never really had an opportunity to stand and talk to him for a while. And just fascinating stuff. It's just the friends that I made from it because it's been a, a, a challenging week. I keep getting a bit pissed, peeved off about this summer house. It's going to keep costing me money, and I really want one, and I don't think I can afford it. So. Um, yeah, that was pretty cool. So, yeah, buy my books and then I can afford it. Winner. <laughs> there we go. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll echo that. Thank you to, to everyone. It's it's nice to like I say I got approached in Tesco the other week and someone came up and said, oh, I love the podcast. Like, oh, uh, did they say, okay. I love the podcast, how do you put up with that Neanderthal Gary? <laughs> no, no, he didn't. Um, oh, but uh, anyway right i think that's probably a good spot to leave it for the week um we I will think a good spot to leave it was about 20 minutes ago mate to be honest but <laughs> yeah that's probably fair um right i'm going to uh i'm gonna leave it there say thank you to everybody once again and then i'm gonna run off down the echo and slag the club off so uh right i will see you guys next week take care bye boom, boom, boom. The 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that 
Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.